sorry the audio was not coming through on that. Uh, that is a clip from the movie called Paranoia. And uh, that's the movie that's a kickoff today. It started on Friday. What is integrity? Integrity is singularity of heart and mind. Integrity is living without compromise or duplicity. A person with integrity doesn't waver from his values, from his convictions, from his priorities. Whatever influences may come upon his life, doesn't matter. He is singular in heart and mind, not swayed by any outside forces or enticements that may tempt him to do something else. Integrity is what Adam Cassidy lacked. Adam Cassidy is the main character of this story, Paranoia, first found in Joseph Fender's novel by that name. He is a likable blue-collar worker who is looking for his way up the chain, up the ladder of success. Determined to make the most of his new job at Wyatt Telecom, he is caught doing something illegal. And so his boss, the CEO of the company, Nicholas Wyatt, calls him on the carpet, brings him into the office, and he thinks, okay, I'm going to get chopped right here. This is the end of the story. I'm going to probably be turned over to the authorities. This is the end of it. But Nicholas Wyatt is also a man with little integrity. (laughs) And he offers him a position, a new position. I want you to go into my competitor. I want you to infiltrate that other company. And I want you to tell me all you can about them. And so Adam agrees to infiltrate his chief rival. And uh, as he does, he seems to be successful. Seems like everything is going great. Everything seems to go well, and as the promoters of the movie say, in no time he climbs the corporate ladder of success, food chain to the top. He soon finds himself delivered into prepackaged success, living his fantasy life, old world boardrooms, private clubs, exotic cars, all the spoils of Manhattan bachelorhood. No one suspects a thing until finally things come full circle, and he finds out he's really just a pawn in the hands of of Wyatt, and uh, he's pulling the strings, stopping at nothing, even murder, to win a multi-billion dollar advantage. The tagline for this movie captured me. The tagline simply says this, in a war between two kings, even a pawn can change the game. How many of you play chess? See, it's not a real popular game, but I see a few people of you play chess. And you realize that there are big players on the board. There's kings and there's queens and there's uh, knights, bishops, all these different things. But there are these little pawns, the lowly pawns. And sometimes a chess game is won by the move of a pawn. Integrity. Adam Cassidy, Nicholas Wyatt, Jock Goddard, who is Harrison Ford in the movie, uh, they all failed at integrity. They all failed to display it. But what about you? What about me? Are we people of integrity? That's the question of the hour. Jesus valued integrity. Jesus was a man of integrity through and through. He always did what was right. He always did what was good. He refused to take shortcuts to success. Even though in that time of temptation in the wilderness, that's exactly what Satan said to him. He says, you're hungry? You have the power to turn these stones into bread. Do it. You want popularity? Then go to to the the, uh, top of the the uh, temple, throw yourself off, and the angel's going to rescue you, and people will immediately, you know, acclaim you and flock to you. If you want to have power, I can give you power over the entire world immediately if you'll just bow down to
to me. But Jesus wouldn't. Even his enemies knew about Jesus' integrity. In Matthew 22, it was his integrity that they tried to use against him. It says in Matthew 22, Then the Pharisees went out and they laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right for us to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? So they're trying to trap him, trying to trick him. And they do it on the basis of his truthfulness, of his integrity. Of course, Jesus didn't fall for their trap. Jesus spoke about integrity a lot. In his very first sermon that we have recorded, the Sermon on the Mount, he says in his Beatitudes, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. People of integrity, people of purity will see God. If we want to please God, we have to be pure in heart. Jesus also said later in that same Sermon on the Mount, No one can serve two masters. He will, he will hate the one and love the other, or he will despise the one and, and, and serve the other. But you can't have it both ways. You have to serve one or the other. We must make a clear choice whom we are serving, and then stay true to that choice throughout our lives. There are several people in the Bible. Jerry noted uh, that, that Moses was one of those people who are said to be people of integrity. But you could add to that directly. The Bible says Jacob was, David was, Noah was, Abraham was. Now, that doesn't mean these men were perfect. Uh, certainly had their shortcomings. But they had this desire to serve God. They had this desire to follow God. They were not perfect, but they eventually became people of integrity who didn't waver when tough choices needed to be made. They became people with pure hearts that served God alone. Are you becoming such a person? Are you making the choices today that will make you that man or woman of integrity tomorrow? Are you a person of integrity are you the great pretender, putting on a good show for everyone else? This question of integrity comes up often in life. Should I take the low road or the high road in this decision? Which will get me faster to the way I want to go, to, to achieve the dreams that I have for my life? Should I travel the broad path, the Bible speaks of, that everyone else is on, that is actually the road of destruction? Or should I find that narrow gate? And choose that gate because that is the gate that leads to life. Should I run with the majority where it's safe, where it's comfortable, where everyone else pats you on the back, you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing? Or should I find that place where I take my stand even though I'm in the minority and subject to ridicule and criticism? Will I be worldly-minded or will I be godly-minded in my goals and my dreams? Will I compromise myself or will I stand firm? Will I allow myself to be tainted and corrupted by the things of this world or will I stay pure in my devotion to Christ? Now, the opposite of integrity, of course, is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is a person who is, is two-faced and mask-wearing. They're a pretender. They're a deceiver. They're a chameleon trying to just look like everybody else around them, kind of, you know, just quietly uh, mingle with the rest of the world, be part of that crowd, and not stand out. Because as soon as you stand out, 
you're subject to criticism. Jesus warns about this double-mindedness. The, the Apostle James, in his letter, says that the, uh, the double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and he cannot expect anything good from God. He, he can't uh, expect God to bless him when he's double-minded. Now I'm on, now I'm off. Now I'm with Jesus, now I'm not. And in fact, in the end of this letter, chapter 4, he says, uh, uh, he says, come near to God, he'll come near to you. Uh, wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. In other words, get this right now because you can't go any further. You can't get your life straight with God as long as you have this on-again, off-again attitude about your faith in Christ. If you are sometimes hypocritical, if you are sometimes wishy-washy, if you sometimes compromise yourself, then the Word of God today says is you've got to stop that double-mindedness. And you need to correct that if you want to go on with Christ. Integrity is something that God has always sought in mind in man. Uh, Jerry mentioned the Old Testament. There are a number of examples of this. God is seeking the person of integrity. God is looking for the person that is always choosing him, that is always trying to pursue him and find him, and God wants to bless such a person. Integrity is something that God tried to instill in the heart of Solomon. As Solomon dedicated the temple in Jerusalem, 1 Kings chapter 9, he says to Solomon, he says, I have heard your prayer. I have heard the plea that you've made. I have consecrated this temple and, and, uh, which you have built by putting my name there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. But as for you, now listen to this, as for you, if you walk before me faithfully with integrity of heart and with uprightness as David your father did and do all I command and observe my decrees and my laws, I will establish your royal throne over Israel forever. So God is pleased with the work Solomon does. He's pleased with the work of his hands. He spent years and thousands of workers building this most magnificent building on the face of the earth at that time. But he says, what I'm concerned about is your heart. What I'm concerned about is what is inside of you, Solomon. What are you built like in there? His father David had already said to him, he said, And you, my son, Solomon, acknowledge the God of your father. Serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind, for the Lord searches every heart. And he understands every motive behind the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. And we discover in Solomon's life that's what he eventually did. He had devotion. He had a, a dream. He had an idea that he was going to be true to God. But his heart was turned away. And eventually he ended up not serving God. Eventually the kingdom was split. And the kingdom was lost. Are you a person of integrity? Because this is a critical, critical time for your life. You may have been uh, serving God for some time. Some of you have been Christians 20, 30, 40 years. Some of you are new in the faith. This is a critical time for all of us because the decision has to be made. Are we with God or are we against God? Are we for God or are we rebelling against God? Are we choosing the path that God wants in our life or are we just kind of meandering around whatever happens is okay? Because a clear choice needs to be made today. Elsewhere in the Old Testament, Isaiah 
looked at the lack of integrity in his, his time. And there's a group of lawyers and uh, leaders who were, were uh, completely false before God. They're pretenders. They're hypocrites. And he says there, no one calls for justice. No one pleads a case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments. They utter lies. They conceive trouble and they give birth to evil. In other words, these lawyers were willing to resort to lies and deception in order to win their cases. And the leaders were doing the same thing. They pretended at the synagogue to worship God. But then when it came time to, the, to, to make a tough decision, uh, they resorted to man-made ways of doing that and to false lies. Integrity is seeking God. Integrity is pursuing God. Integrity is trying to please God in every way. Are you a person of integrity? That's the question. Integrity is in short supply today. You don't have to look very far. You just read the paper. You look in your internet news. You listen to the radio. You look around you at work. You look around your neighborhood and you see people lacking integrity, people willing to cut corners, people willing to shade the truth or to lie or to deceive or to pretend in order to accomplish the goals they want. And we need to ask, what are we really living for? What are we living for today? What are our goals? What motivates us to do what we do? And what are we willing to do in order to achieve those goals in life? I was told by a boss in one of my first jobs, he says, you need to not work so hard, you need to work smart. Don't work harder, work smarter. It was a little slogan. And some of you have heard that. You know, don't work harder, work smarter. And what he was saying was, you know, you can wear yourself out just working as hard as you can, but you need to think about things. You need to use leverage, and you need to use uh, intelligence. And you need to think through the job before you get pour, pouring your heart out into that job. And the point of that slogan is effectiveness. The point of it is, is efficiency so you can accomplish more with the same amount of effort, that you can accomplish more in less time. But is the key to success really just to be more efficient, to be more effective? Is it really about the results when maybe the results are not the best results? Maybe the goal is not the best goal. I want you to step back from that for a moment. I want you to think about your life and what you're working toward, what you're striving for, what you hope to accomplish in your life. Because I think people have the wrong ideas. They have the wrong goals. They have the wrong results they're looking for. Isn't that why we, we are driven to do many of the things we do? Uh, you know, we, we think that success is a bigger house. Success is a nicer car. Success is a greater vacation than we took last year. Success is money in the bank so that retirement comes. I am set up, and I can spend another 30, 40 years doing what I want to do once I get done with this work thing. And the, the whole dream is, is a financial, material dream. Is that the way we know what success is? Isn't this the reason that we spend money we don't have? to uh, uh, make people we don't like, like us. <laughs> you know, just all the things that we just kind of get into this whole package, you know. Why am I doing this? Why am I pushing so hard for this? And at the end, what do you have? You have a goal and a dream that maybe isn't worth what you think of. And that's what I want you to think about. We have young people today that are striving to have everything that their parents have 20 or 30 years before their parents got those things. And the way they do that is with a credit card. The way they do that is to borrow against the future over and over again. And some of us that are middle-aged are still doing the same crazy thing. 
because we want to somehow step up ahead of our time. We want to achieve something, and maybe it wasn't the right thing to achieve at all. Question that. Think about that today. When we focus on integrity rather than results, it changes things. Integrity is honoring and glorifying God in our circumstances, whatever they may be. They may be wonderful. They may be not so wonderful. They may be wealth. They may be poverty. They may be success in the eyes of the world. They may be failure in the eyes of the world. But our goal is not the result of what the world has, but our goal is simply to honor God, to please God. When we are focused on integrity, we are not driven by those results, and we are not tempted to maybe take shortcuts to get there. Mark Bruner tells us a a history lesson about the Greeks. He says that the Greeks are well known for their competitive uh, spirit, for, for they invented the art of competitive racing and running. There were many races that were run during the course of their frequent Olympic competitions. We're familiar with the marathon. We're familiar with the high hurdles as well as the myriad of short course races they also ran. So a lot of our track and field events today are based on what those Olympics were originally. But there was one race which they had periodically outside of the Olympic competition that was as highly regarded, perhaps even more so than all the other competitive races. And this was called the torch relay. The the race which spawned the modern-day Olympic torch race and ceremony often took place in the streets and alleys of Athens. Ten or twelve men would assemble before the city fathers, each carrying a torch, a simple bound bundle of twigs inset in hollow containers. The twigs were coated with tar, and then one by one each torch was lit from the same flame. On their marks, the runners were sent out as a group and guided along a course that had been laid out among the city streets on which obstacles and barriers had been placed. And the object of the race was to cross the finish line with your torch still lit. You could not stop and put the torch down or prop it anywhere. You had to hold it high and run with as much integrity as possible. In this race, the victory seldom went to the fastest. It seldom went to the strongest. This was a race that depended on timing and rhythm and great care. To keep that torch lit required the ability to hold it properly, to shield it from objects along the route, to hold it away from the wind. And if you ran too fast, you'd put it out. If you ran too slow, the tar would burn up completely before you reached the finish line. And if a runner's torch flamed out, there was no relighting it. He had to drop out of the race. The winner of the race was the first man to cross the finish line with his torch still lit. Winning was therefore dependent upon endurance, not speed. Winning was about taking great care with the flame that they had been giving, not just rushing to the finish line. I want you to think about that for a moment, because you have been given a flame. You have been given a torch, and it's a torch of integrity. And the torch that God wants you to carry through your life is required that you take great care, that you protect it that you, you honor him by the way you carry it, that you're careful about the objects that, that, uh, that will uh, cross your path, and there will be barriers, and there will be people trying to put it out, and there will be people offering you things that would snuff it out because you turn aside just for a moment and snuff, it's, it's gone. Integrity is this torch that God is giving you, and you want to cross that line in successful ways. Winning is about taking great care with the flame you've given. 
So I want to share three things with you before we close, three quick things that you must do. First of all, I want to just tell you this. Big things are really dependent on small things. Small is big. Take care at the smallest level of integrity of your life, and it will take care of the big things. Be careful about the smallest daily level. The smallest decisions of personal integrity are going to lead to bigger things one way or another. Does your personal integrity reduce down to the smallest level? Are you willing, this is kind of an absurd example, but are you willing to steal a paper clip from your employer? You know, are you willing to slide him five minutes of your time, you know, and you go off doing something else when you're supposed to be working? Are you willing to do the smallest things that, that no one else would ever know about? Or are you careful about those? Because if you're careful about the small things, the big things will take care of themselves. Are you willing to pretend just a little and stop that because you want to be truthful? You want to be honest? You want to be a person of integrity? Are you willing to withhold the truth when the truth is important? You know, you have something to contribute, something to say, and you just hold back because you don't want to get involved. And God is saying, by integrity, you have to step up. You have to stand up. What you do in private matters. Hear this point, would you? What you do in private matters. What you do in secret when no one else can see what you're doing matters because it's between you and God and it's honoring God. It's showing your devotion to God. It's showing the purity of your life. You think, no, I'm down here. Nobody knows what I'm doing now. I'm, I'm, it's dark or maybe it's secret. Maybe it's uh, you know, in the privacy of your study or the privacy of your basement or, or the privacy of your car. And you think it doesn't matter. No one else will see this. It does matter because it matters the small thing makes a big impact on the big things of your life. What you do at the micro level affects your choices, the influence that you can have at a macro level. So just think in those terms. Who you are really, God knows. You know. And you can't move forward until you're addressing those small things. So start there. Number two. Focus on God. Don't focus on the results. So the results may be false. So the results may be wrong. Maybe, maybe the wrong goals. Maybe the wrong dreams. So think only of honoring God. Think about your actions, honoring Him. Don't worry about the rewards. Don't worry about consequences. Don't worry about the results. Focus on being that person of integrity, undivided, singular in your heart and mind. Don't be compromised by focusing on the wrong things. Focusing on results often leads people to take shortcuts, to do things to achieve the results that are not God-honoring. So just focus on honoring God, and that will take care of the results. The third thing is serve God wholeheartedly. Leave the results up to Him. Just serve Him. Love Him. Uh, pour out your heart to Him. God says, I am looking for the person who seeks me with all of their heart. I'm looking for that person who honors me. I'm working for that person that pursues me, who wants the relationship with me. And I will bless that person if they will serve me with their whole heart. Adam Cassidy in this movie becomes his boss's pawn. And he later discovers that. He says, man, I, I thought I had success, but really I'm just manipulated. I'm just told what to do. And it's by this horrible person that even results, resorts to murder to accomplish his goals. And I've got to get out of this. He he. He has to devise a way to break that, to get free from that. We are to be God's pawn. We are to serve Him with our whole heart. It's not about us. It's about Him. It's about serving God. It's about loving God. 
And if you do that, you will never have any regrets about the results. The results will take care of themselves. God will take care of that. So life is full of choices. Life is full of choices for you and me. There will be some today. Before this day is over, you will make a choice about your integrity. Before this week is out, you will make many choices. You will decide, will I be tempted to do this? Will I go down that path? Will I be with my friends? Will I forsake God? Will I forget God? Will I pretend? Will I lie? Will I, will I cut corners? All these choices. How are you doing? What are you doing? Are you a person of integrity? Are you the great pretender? Jesus said, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Now, in one way, he's talking about future. If you're pure in heart, if you're seeking God, you're a faithful person, you're going to see God someday. You're going to be face-to-face with God in heaven. But I think he's also saying, Blessed are the pure in heart, they'll see God today. God is going to show up in their lives. God is going to do something amazing in their life because God is looking for the person of integrity. God is looking for the person who is seeking him with their whole heart. And when he finds such a person, he pours out his blessing on their life that is amazing and and the changes that occur, the lives that are affected, the impact that they can have for his kingdom and in the lives of people who need him. It's just astounding. But it begins right here. Are you a person of integrity, a person who seeks God with your whole heart? They who seek God will see God's blessing in their lives. We're going to sing a song together that's just a very simple song about turning your eyes upon Jesus. But before we do that, I want you to think about your life. I want you to just bow your head. Let's pray and uh, let's let's think about our lives and let's ask God to show us uh, what we need to do. Uh, Father, I thank you for each person here today. Uh, there is a, uh, a need in our lives for you. We acknowledge that need, but sometimes we are not so strong. Sometimes we are, are distracted. Sometimes we are enticed. Sometimes we are tempted. And often uh, we think that the easier path is the better path. I pray today, Father, that you would uh, just confront us today. If there is uh, anyone here today, maybe all of us here today, who needs to be confronted by your Holy Spirit, speak to our hearts right now. Help us, Lord, to realize that the choices that we make are important. They may be the smallest things, but they lead to big big results, big consequences. And uh, the impact of those small things can be very great. Lord, help us uh, to realize that our goal is to honor you. Our, our, our main priority is to bring you glory, uh, to serve you, to love you, to obey you. And if we will do that, then you will take care of the results. You will take care of the hopes and dreams portion. Uh, You will will make sure that we're satisfied with how things turn out. Lord, when we get into that quiet place, we get into that secret place, we get into that place of darkness where no one else knows what's happening but us and you, help us to make the right choices there. Help us to honor you when you alone see what's happening. Help us, Lord, to to be uh, people who seek you, who pursue you every day of our lives. And uh, may your church, may your kingdom grow as a result of of that number of people that that pursue you with their whole heart. Uh, Bless us today. Help us to come clean before you. Help us to be honest before you. And help us to be people of integrity. 
I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me, please?